What does it take to tip the scales in favor of justice for working people and for the planet we all call home? My name is Avi Lewis, and I've been searching for the answer to that question all my life. It's going to be odd to see my name on a ballot because this election isn't really about me. It's about you. Melissa, you are going to do a great job for the citizens of Thornhill. My grandparents grew up in poverty and came to Canada as refugees. They were socialists. From an early age, they taught me about fairness, justice, equality, and the importance of public service. Hi, I'm Amanda Rosenstock, and I live here in the vibrant riding of Spadina, Fort York with my fiance. I'm really excited to announce that I'm running to be your next member of parliament for the Green Party of Canada. Canada, of course, doesn't want to have any association with any relief agency that promotes hatred, racism, or anti-Semitism and there can be no exceptions. That's the sound from some of the at least 20 Jewish candidates vying for office in Monday's 44th Canadian federal election. So on today's special weekend episode of the CJN Daily, we've got everything you need to know about key Jewish writings to watch across the country. If you haven't already voted, it'll help you, or even if you have and you just want to keep score when the election results start coming in. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Sunday, September the 19th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. When Justin Trudeau called the election in August, we told you it was going to be a double-high election campaign, just 36 days long. That's twice 18. And there was also another Jewish element, because voting day is the eve of the Jewish holiday of Sukkot. And we know that a lot of voters have already voted early in advance polls or by mail, so they could avoid problems of trying to cast their ballots before the holiday preparations happen. We here at the CJN Daily and at the CJN's other platforms have been bringing you election stories all month through a Jewish lens. And coming up, we'll chat with the CJN's Ron Silug. He's written several of these stories. He's covered politics for years, and he'll be here to break down who the important Jewish candidates are, whether they'll win, and what writings he's keeping an eye on this time. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Yoss Tarshish in Kingston, Ontario, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. There's been a new development in the story of that law professor and human rights scholar Valentina Azarova and the University of Toronto. So if you've been following this controversy, you'll know that the university wanted to hire her for their faculty of law. She's based in Berlin, but then the U of T came under intense criticism over academic freedom issues. The Canadian Association of University Teachers created a whole boycott movement called it Censure U of T when it was learned that a prominent donor who is also Jewish and happens to be a judge suggested to a friend that the school shouldn't hire her due to her pro-Palestinian views. Many celebrities have joined the censure movement. It's been learned now, though, that the law school has indeed gone ahead and made the offer and Ms. Azarova has politely declined. And now the University Teachers Union says it'll suspend its boycott. In other news, a Canadian film had its world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival, depicting the life of the famous Jewish artist Charlotte Salomon. She was born in Berlin before the Second World War, but escaped to France. She was later rounded up and killed in Auschwitz in 1943. She was 26, newly married and pregnant. She created over a thousand gouaches, or paintings, of her life before she died. Canadian producer Julie Rosenberg spent 10 years making this film. 
Author David Besmogis wrote the screenplay, and British actor Kira Knightley voices the character of Charlotte. It's an animated film. Elevation Pictures says it'll release the movie in Canada soon. You can read the interview that the CJN's Alana Zakon did with the animators on our CJN website. The link is in our show notes. With just hours to go before the election, we're here now with the CJN's Ron Sillag. He's a veteran of decades of covering elections and the Jewish-Canadian political scene. Thank you, Ellen. Thanks again. Let's start off by giving our listeners a overview of sort of where are the Jewish votes and writings located in Canada, and then tell mm-hmm. us, you know, how you got that definition in the story you wrote. Yeah, the um, it might surprise some uh, listeners and viewers to know that um, uh, CJN and, and others have sort of narrowed down the writings to 14, 14 so-called Jewish writings. And the reason for that is there are 14 writings in Canada where the Jewish population forms at least 5% of the population. That's considered significant because Jews are just 1% of the population. So 5% is pretty high. And they, you know, range from um, uh, Thornhill, of course, which is what, 37% Jewish. Um, Then there's Mount Royal, 30%, Eglinton Lawrence, 22%, and on down to Richmond Hill, uh, which is just over 5%. I, I should fairly disclose that it was a, Somebody named Andrew Griffith, but he runs a blog called Multicultural Meanderings. And he's very, very, very specific. And he drills down into great detail. And he came up with these 14 writings, 14 Jewish writings in Canada. Some Are of them were pretty obvious. Are there talk about that you think should have been in there? Like Ottawa anywhere or, you know. Uh, strangely Ottawa? enough, no, strangely enough, all these writings are in the GTA, Quebec, uh, around Montreal. And there's one in Winnipeg, Winnipeg South Centre, which is Jim Carr's writing. And these are the major Jewish writings. There are obviously, you know, places in uh, um, maybe Vancouver and Ottawa that have large Jewish populations, but they don't pass the 5% threshold. All right. So there's 14 writings to watch. This Has this changed at all since you uh, did this in the last election? No, no, they're the same 14. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is, is that all of them, all of them are held, all of them but one have been held by liberals. Uh, the only one that is not, that is a, a completely safe conservative seat is Thornhill. And uh, that's been that way since uh, 2008, since Peter Kent came along. It's no secret that uh, Canada's Jews tend, tend, I say tend to vote liberal because of the parties attracted, attracted by the party's stance on things like tolerance and immigration. These are values that Jewish voters have traditionally held close. There was one exception, famously, I believe in 2011, it's when Stephen Harper won his majority. And that was the first time the Jewish vote went over 50% to the Conservatives, about 52%. So let's talk about this race. And um, let's do the two most Jewish writings in Canada, starting with the highest, you mentioned Thornhill, who's running? Mm-hmm. What are the issues? Uh, who's likely to win? Well, discussing only the top two is kind of predictable, because in Thornhill, um, uh, Melissa Lansman, who's an old-time political operative, this is considered a very, very safe seat. She's up something like um, 53% of the total vote. So it's a safe seat. A safe seat. She's running against Gary Gladstone, who ran last time uh, against Peter Kent, lost by about 10,000 votes. And that's that was a, a huge margin. So Thornhill uh, considered uh, a safe seat for the Conservatives. 
Mount Royal, similarly, is considered a safe seat for Anthony House's father. This is Pierre Trudeau's old seat, uh, and it's been liberal an awfully long time, so nothing to worry about there for Anthony House's father. The, uh, let these races I'm watching with great interest uh, are Eglinton Lawrence, which has 22% Jewish, where Marco Mendocino, the last time won handily, if you remember, he was a kind of a, a giant killer for having defeated a sitting finance minister, Joe Oliver, in that riding. Uh, over the past few weeks, Eglinton Lawrence has gone from safe liberal to liberal likely. And so there's a bit of a weakening of support for Mendocino there. Um, similarly, in York Center, York Center has uh, a Jewish um, Israeli born, the first Israeli born MP, Ara Sachs, a liberal who won a by-election last October. And she's running against um, Joel Etchen, who ran for the Canadian Alliance many years ago, around year 2000. He lost, he didn't do too badly though. He's back, he's a very well-spoken lawyer. And now York Center is considered a toss up. Let's go out West a little bit. Um, we've got uh, Jim Carr in Winnipeg, who is yeah. a, a former, uh, a longtime cabinet minister, um, a cancer survivor, well, well-liked member of the Winnipeg Jewish community. Mm -hmm. How is his riding? Who's he running against? Is he likely to win? Uh, he's likely to win. It's a liberal safe seat. Jim Carr's a, um, yes, he's another Jewish liberal. Winnipeg South Center, he is considered a safe seat. So one star candidate, Ron, that we've got to talk about, of course, is Annamie Paul, the Jewish leader of the Federal Part Green Party. She has had a very tough spring and summer uh, of internal party fighting against her position on Israel or support for uh, one side or the other in the Israel-Hamas uh, hostilities? Well, um, she has had to face uh, more internal and public turmoil than I think any leader has ever faced. Uh, basically, everything but having her legs cut out from under her. Uh, she's considered, she considered quitting at some point. She admitted that it's been a very, very difficult few months. Uh, somebody pointed this out to me that uh, at the, in the second French debate, I think she was the only candidate who was asked about Israel. This took up way too much oxygen for the Green Party. And I, I think they've uh, steered their way back. She's now running against Marcy Ayan uh, in, in a Toronto riding. I don't know which way it'll go. Uh, she's also uh, very much a newcomer, Marcy Ayan. Um, and I think Annemie placed second to her last, or, or placed second in the riding last time. I don't know. I mean, I think with all the publicity, she might pull off a huge upset. If Annemie Paul uh, does get in, then she'll finally have a seat in Parliament. But um, there is another issue with a Jewish candidate in Western Canada that we need to bring up, and that is uh, Tamara Cronus, uh, who's running against another one of the other sitting MPs, which is Paul Manley, who was very pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel. What do you know about Tamara? What is her background, and uh, what is the story there? Story there. T Tamara is uh, a very intelligent Toronto lawyer who uh, went out to that part of BC, fell in love with it, and I think ended up staying <laughs> to the extent that now she's uh, running for the Tories out there. I, I don't know if she has a chance. This is uh, green NDP territory. I think Paul Manley will hang on to a seat. And I think uh, for all their, for all the brimstone and fire that happened over the summer, the uh, Green Party will stay at two seats. Okay, there's where I let you Steve, we forgot something uh, that's important on your list to tell our listeners about this election. 
Um, no, there is one other Jewish candidate in Montreal. Um, in Outremont, uh, uh, Ben Dayan, her seat is safe. It's a liberal seat. Um, and I think that is it. <laughs> and even though we did not invite the People's Party of Canada to our official debate with the CJA last week, and neither did the national media uh, companies in their election debates, the People's Party has a very high-profile right-wing candidate in the riding of Westmount NDG in Montreal. He's David Freiheit. He's a lawyer and a YouTuber with a huge online following. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you miss some episodes of the podcast because of the Jewish holidays, why not go back and check out the one from Wednesday about how safe our Jewish synagogues, schools, and buildings are from possible attacks and what keeps Jewish security teams up at night. And don't miss Monday's show. We'll have an episode about how Canada's Jewish community teamed up with Israel and the United Arab Emirates and Tajikistan to carry out a secret rescue of Afghanistan's female cycling team and some other human rights activists. And we'll end today's episode with a sneak peek from the film about Charlotte Salomon that I mentioned a little earlier, with a scene as she frantically tries to deal with mental illness, the suicides of her family members, and the Nazis and her art. I'm going to paint the story of my life, of my family. It could take hundreds of paintings. And I don't know how much time I have left. None of us do. I will put everything I have into it, everything beautiful and everything hideous. Only by doing something mad can I hope to stay sane. Mm-hmm.